Good God Almighty. It's Chris Michaels, and this is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. So the United States has finally admitted something that we knew all along, that potentially these COVID-19 injections could possibly be giving you harm. From the Epic Times, Zachary Stiver, the U.S. compensates people injured by COVID-19 vaccines for the first time. And do you know how much they decided to give these people? They decided to give people about one month's worth of rent. That's right. One individual got $2,019, another one $1,000. $582, and one person that suffered from myocarditis was awarded $1,000, well, $1,032. Are, are you kidding me? The amount of money that these ghouls have made off of these vaccines is astronomical, and essentially you're giving people uh, a pittance, maybe one month's worth of rent. And do you think they're going to get over these medical conditions like myocarditis or heart inflammation or an anaphylactic shock with 2000 bucks do you think they can buy enough medical products to cure those ailments that they received post vaccination i would suspect not let's hope something changes with all of this because uh it's really reprehensible how they decided to say oh well yeah it's, uh, it's fine yeah two thousand dollars that should be good enough and now uh, get out of my face. And ghouls like Dr. Anthony Fauci are in the spotlight today because there was another Twitter files release on Twitter. And this is the beginning of the Fauci Pharma files. I guess they love alliteration over there. But Paul D. Thacker released the first batch of these Fauci files. And essentially the crux of the whole deal is that Dr. Fauci is fibbing when he says that, oh, I had no I had no ties to anybody in social media. I, I don't pay attention to Twitter. I have no idea about anything on Facebook. I know nothing. And, and it turns out he did. And his office was essentially controlling the message that everybody was receiving on Twitter. A lot of people are spouting a lot of things about me and Twitter. Fauci said on Fox News, I've never had a Twitter account. I don't intend to have a Twitter account, and I've had nothing to do with Twitter. So I don't know what they're talking about. And when they say that, oh, he goes, I don't do social media. Since I don't have a Twitter account, I don't see tweets. I'm so disassociated from social media. I've never gotten involved in any of that. And the social media and Twitter, I told you, I don't have a Twitter account. I don't tweet. I don't do Facebook. I don't do anything. So don't ask me. And however... Paul Thacker said in an internal Twitter report back in March of 21, the company revealed that Dr. Fauci did an account takeover of WHO COVID response, WHO COVID response. And this story runs contrary to Fauci's public statements that he made in November of 2022. So right there, we know that Dr. Fauci is fibbing. Dr. Fauci is the propaganda Reichsfuhrer of the whole COVID nonsense. Of all the mandates, he's the one that is portraying this wall of supposed efficacy when it comes to vaccines. So he is lying. He went in front of Congress. He did a whole bunch of other things that made him a fibber. So even though he's not directly involved in writing the tweets, right, he's not potentially logging in. He probably has some somebody else, some other staffer uh, in there. Uh, he's still involved in the message itself. 
He may not be the one slapping the keys on the keyboard, but he's the one dictating things for his staff members to write on Twitter. So he's just as guilty. I'm sorry. It didn't work in Nuremberg, and it sure as hell won't work now. But these fascists don't stop. These Democrat fascists are not going to stop until we start drawing lines in the sand and held them accountable. Because you had Representative Stacy Plaskett, Democrat from uh, VI, wow, falsely claimed that Twitter, uh, Twitter files journalist Matt Taibbi lied under oath in his congressional testimony for floating the possibility of criminal prosecution. That's what she's trying to do. Do you get that? Matt Taibbi wrote something in the Twitter files that wasn't exactly correct, but he did make a retraction and a correction about the issues. I think they found three items that he supposedly uh, bastardized in front of Congress and in the Twitter files. And like I said, he subsequently corrected them. But that doesn't stop these morons. Plaskett's letter that went around Capitol Hill claimed that Taibbi intentionally, you could tell I am out to lunch right now. I can't pronounce things. (laughs) Taibbi intentionally provided false information during his testimony and mentioned that potential consequences of his actions under the federal perjury statute Providing false information is punishable by up to five years imprisonment. That's right. These Democrats who have egg all over their face are now saying if you say anything or write about anything or if you have a scoop or an expose on our dirty dealings, then what we're going to do is we're going to abuse our office We're going to abuse the law to make sure that we lock you up and we silence any dissenters. These are the markings of a fascistic state because these Democrats, oh, we just care about the little guy. Oh, we just care about the little person nowadays, depending upon the gender, the day, and the hour of it all. We just stand up for the little people. Uh, no, you don't. You stand up for big business. You stand up for big pharma. And you are the legal gatekeepers to see who gets to be out and in of prison. And you're going to abuse all of your offices to do that. This is highly illegal. It's it's incredibly illegal. And I don't care who said, well, you know, they're just trying to make their point. They're just throwing rhetoric around. Well, when does that rhetoric actually turn into action? And we've seen what they've done. I mean, just look at what was under Trump. Russiagate, Ukraine Gate, January 6th, all of that stuff. And by the way, Cucker Tarlson, where the F is the rest of the January 6th footage, you stooge? Where is it? I wonder if he got spoken to. It's disturbing, said Seth Stern, director of advocacy with the Freedom of the Press Foundation, that a member of Congress would attempt to threaten a journalist with imprisonment. And whatever one may think of Taibbi or his reporting on the Twitter files, baselessly threatening to imprison journalists is reprehensible, no matter if the threats are from Democrat members of Congress or Donald Trump himself. And Paul Sperry decided to weigh in on the whole thing. Ex-BuzzFeed editor Ben Smith Right. This is going to be something else that dovetails into this Twitter file deal, because what you're seeing is 
you're seeing the facade fall apart, right? You're seeing all of these stories start to come out ahead of the 2024 election cycle, which is a good thing because we want to know about this stuff. We want to know how the Democrats and the rollover Republicans, like the repugnant Mitch McConnell and his hideous wife, Cocaine Mitch is his, uh, is his moniker behind closed doors. We want to know what they do. We want to know how they manipulate the election cycle and manipulate the social fabric of this country. And one of the ways that they did manipulate all of that was with the Steele dossier. So you remember that, right? It was a Democrat paid for smear campaign under the guise of legitimate intelligence uh, that led to Russiagate and probably four years of absolute nonsense based off of a fiction. So Paul Sperry weighed in on that. Ex-BuzzFeed editor Ben Smith now admits he knew at the time he published in full the fake Russian dossier that contained, quote-unquote, clear errors. And one of his editors, Miriam Elder, said it's not just unconfirmed, the Steele dossier. It includes some clear errors, and he published it anyway. The Biden Justice Department refuses to release the names of the staffers working in special counsel Jack Smith's office targeting Trump. Judicial Watch will sue the Department of Justice to compel those disclosures. And BuzzFeed founder Ben Smith revealed that Hillary henchman David Brock shopped the fake Trump dossier to him in Brooklyn of 2016. He wanted to spread the word about a dossier of allegations involving Trump's ties to Russia. So it almost appears as though that David Brock, this Hillary operative, wanted to just let people see the dossier and spread rumors. It almost appears as though they didn't want the Christopher Steele dossier to actually make it into daylight, like somebody should not have published it. It was worth more political clout to have these rumors going on in the background, having all of these journalists say, oh, there's a dossier with allegations, and we don't know what it's really about, but it, I think there are Russians. There's a Russian in the White House. Ah! I think that's what they really wanted, but instead the whole Steele dossier did get released, and it turned into just absolute idiocy and nonsense. And so this stuff is going to get revealed more and more as we head further into the next election, especially with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Everybody is praising him. Oh, he's standing up against the bureaucracy in Washington. Well, so did Trump. and Or he tried to, at least. And, oh, we're going to separate the government from powerful uh, corporations because it's enough and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, we got to try and do things for the little guy again and on and on and on. You need a president at this time in history who can stand up to its bureaucracy. That's right. And this is what happens, he said, when you censor somebody for 18 years. I got a lot to talk about. And they shouldn't have shut me up for that long because now I'm really going to let loose on them for the next 18 months. Really? Okay, so let's talk about one of your wives that decided to hang herself after you decided to get rid of her. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about all of your drug problems, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, let's talk about how in your speech these slovenly, unthinking 
Democrats who, who think they're rebellious Democrats because, oh, I don't like Biden. I don't like Clinton. I don't like Obama. But Robert F. Kennedy, he came out against these vaccines. So he's my guy. I mean, even the dark journalist, the guy who I watch all the time on YouTube, even he came out. He's just always fawning over Robert F. Kennedy. I got to throw rose petals before he steps. But the problem with Mr. Kennedy is during his speech where he said, I'm running for president, he never once said anything about stopping the war in the Ukraine. He basically, and I, trust me, I tried to find the manuscript, or the, the transcript of his speech. I couldn't find it. I don't know who has it. I don't know where I could find it. But I really did try to find the, the transcript of that speech I couldn't, it's nowhere. He basically, to sum it up, wanted to know what was the return on investment in the Ukraine. If we're dumping all of this money over there, then where is it going and uh, how do we get a return on it? That's basically what he said. He said, oh, Americans stand up for freedom and democracy, you know, the whole line, the whole BS. And oh, it's just oh, amazing that, that we have this reprehensible war going on but that's it that's all he said not once did he said i am against this war in the ukraine and the funding and the training of neo-nazis must stop today he didn't say it once he basically said if we're going to give them money we better see a return on it how much more of a return do you want look at how much money they've laundered probably into the pockets of mainstream politicians what better return on investment is there than that? And the other problem I have about RFK, why were you hanging around Ghislaine Maxwell so much? What's up with that? And this is from an article that you can't find, because I tried to find it on Google, but you couldn't find it. I think it's from news.ru, so if it's a Russian website, forget about it. Google is, uh, is banning everything. Uh, this is by Sergey Po oh, man Podosonev Podosenev <laughs> I don't know drug addict and anti-vaxer Kennedy Jr. may become the new U.S. president. He became he began working as a lawyer for the Riverkeeper organization, which they're involved with helping fishermen in New York State and protecting the waters of Hudson River. He became the founder of the Waterkeeper Alliance, a global movement of public defenders united for clean and abundant water for all people and the planet. Uh, he's basically talking about taking over the water waterways and potentially removing them from the global commons. In other words, they're going to buy out water property beneath the water because you can buy property underneath the water and the coastlines. Why did he become a drug addict? And that is uh, led the need to serve community service after he was removed from the plane, a plane that he was flying on, uh, due to a drug overdose in early 84. The son and full namesake, former U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, who was assassinated in 68, was convicted of heroin possession and sentenced to a mere 1,500 hours of community service. So that's another thing, heroin addict. And I wouldn't be surprised 
if he still has that problem or some other problem thereof. He said he started to self-medicate with alcohol, marijuana, LSD in the early 80s and was heavily addicted to coke and heroin. The future presidential candidate described his drug addiction as being locked in a cage with a dancing gorilla. I've never heard of analogies like that, but according to him, the 12-step program really worked. April of 99, he founded the International NGO Waterkeeping Alliance, OL, and he was opposed to COVID-19 vaccinations after he was for them, after he was for the lockdowns. Everybody remember that? He was for the lockdowns because what he was going to view those lockdowns as— uh, a way to introduce and implement a Green New Deal-style program. And I'll read this tweet again from March 30th of 2020. Coronavirus—and this is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Coronavirus lockdowns hasn't just slowed COVID-19, so immediately he's buying into the nonsense. It reduced lethal air pollution associated with mortality. When lockdown lifts, risks of status quo will return— and could worsen as governments weaken environmental regulations and pour billions into polluting industries. A dirty economic restart could kill more people than the coronavirus. That's right. He didn't want the lockdowns to end until the Democrats shoved through some Green New Deal. That's the whole plan behind those lockdowns. That was more than likely the plan the World Economic Forum decided to try and implement lock the world down, shove through all of this draconian legislation from a digital currency to a Green New Deal to vaccine passports, and then, only then, when we get through all of this new legislation that we would never get through under normal circumstances, then we'll lift the lockdown. So Robert F. Kennedy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not some maverick. Sure, you may have spoken out against these vaccines, but I would sooner believe that you are a Trojan horse. You're an intellectual's Donald Trump. That's all you are. You're a facade. And if the Democrat Party is anything like it always is, he's probably another Obama where he sounds nice. He looks nice. Well, maybe he doesn't sound nice, but he says the right things. But he looks nice. And then once he's in power, then who gives an F about you? I'll see you in four years when I need your vote. Because we've got banks to bail out. We've got brown people to bomb. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. Plenty of very, very icky ties to a lot of icky people. Hello, Ghislaine Maxwell. So just watch out for him. Watch what he says. Watch how he says things. Is he speaking in definitive terms like Donald Trump does? Or is he speaking like Barack Obama, where it's all vagaries? It all sounds nice. Oh, yeah, the Ukraine, where's our money going? We can't keep doing this. Why aren't you saying the Ukrainian war has to end because we're on the precipice of a nuclear war? Because he's for it. The people that are funding him are for it. Don't buy it. 
That's going to be the last call podcast with Chris Michaels. That's enough. I'm officially on sabbatical. I'll be back probably next week, but if I'm not, don't be surprised. But I will probably be back next week. Short porch next week. I'm not going to do a full week's of podcast, um, but you'll get what you get. I mean, I gave you an hour-long chat GPT podcast speaking about metaphysics, and basically we're in some weird, bizarre energy shield that's not letting us progress. I mean, what more do you want from me? Anyway, you know what to do. Enjoy your weekend. Have a fantastic lovable, fuzzball-style conversation with family members. And don't forget to go to happy hour if you drink. And don't forget to make delicious food everywhere you go. Last Call podcast on all of the platforms. Last Call Caravan on all the rest.